the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back on the Bruce Hooley Show, hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show. My apologies. I was listening to an interview with uh, the Russian arms dealer, Victor Boot. So I mistimed the uh, resumption of the show. That's and I was bad, double Pam, checking to make sure that... Sorry, I can't hear you right now. I don't know why. I was there. making now I, can I was now making I can. sure that uh, yeah. Josh Pick and Money Monday wasn't like off because it plays at 12.30. No, no, it plays yeah. at 12.30. No, we'll like, get the Josh at 1230. Are supposed to hit that now? I apologize. <laughs> I had the uh, machine set up so that I could listen to Victor yeah. Boot, the uh, Russian arms dealer. He did his first interview over the weekend. And uh, look, it's obvious that this guy is um, one of the worst people ever and one of the worst people alive on earth. And it's obviously stupid for our country to think that he's not going to go back to and engage in the exact kind of activity that he engaged in before, because I mean, in best case scenario, let's say he spent 14 years in prison and he realized, you know, the error of his ways and he doesn't want to do that anymore. And he goes back to Russia and he tells Vladimir Putin, no, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Uh, What is his option? Like he doesn't have an option. Okay. So, Whatever he says is being said to um, curry favor with uh, the Russian propaganda machine. But that doesn't mean that what he says uh, does not reflect, number one, how he truly feels. And number two, uh, while we share dramatic political differences with the Russians... It doesn't mean that we don't have some things in common. And it doesn't mean that they might be right about some things that we might be wrong about. So I'm going to play a little clip here of Victor Boot. And it's in Russian, so you're not going to be able to understand it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start it. And then I'm going to take the sound down and I'm going to translate for you what he is saying. All right, so here's Victor Boot. He's the bad guy. I get it. But just hear his words, and then you make the determination. I'm not going to tell you what to think. You make the determination. Is this Russian propaganda? Is this something a Russian would say because spent 14 years in an American prison? He's obviously an American enemy. He hates America. And so he's saying it to cause further consternation in our country. Or is he giving an accurate depiction of what enemies of America see in America that might be a reason why America is weak on the world stage and less of what it used to be? What's happening in the West is simply the suicide of civilization. 
And if this suicide isn't prevented, at the very least outside the Western world, in the world not controlled by the Anglo-Saxons, then the entire planet will commit suicide. You know? And this is probably happening in all areas. Drugs and, what's it called in Russian? LGBTQ+. Can you imagine that in American schools, they're now teaching first graders, six and seven-year-old first graders, that it turns out that there are 72 genders, not just, you know, gay people and normal people, but 72. That's Victor Boot, the uh, Russian arms dealer. We have adopted and allowed to flourish in our country things that are not true. I've shared with you before, and I no doubt will share again because it is a quote I've never forgotten because the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's insightful. The quote is from the famous author, the late author Voltaire, who said that a nation disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. A nation disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. There's nothing more obvious than the fact that a man can't be a woman and a woman can't be a man. There's nothing more obvious than the fact that a child can result only from the union of a man and a woman. Not from two men, not from two women, from a man and a woman. You can do whatever you want to do in the lab. You can give a lesbian couple, impregnate one of them with a child, and they can say it's their child. There was a man involved somewhere, or that child would not have resulted. So, if we persist in ceasing to recognize things that are obvious, what will happen? Well, the first part of the comment from Voltaire will happen. We will cease to exist as a nation. Now, the trade of Brittany Griner, an American professional women's basketball player for Victor Boot, is a difficult thing to assess because if you assess the relative uh, wisdom of said exchange, then it is presumed that you would have preferred that Brittany Griner never come home. And that's not my position. My position is that Brittany Griner was maybe not unjustly arrested, but a nine-year sentence for taking marijuana or vape cartridges into a foreign country is an excessive sentence. Nobody was hurt by it. She didn't traffic in it. She didn't sell. She didn't get anyone else addicted to it. You get arrested, spend a couple of days in jail, pay a fine. Okay, fine. But nine years hard labor? No, come on. She's clearly being targeted because she's an American and because she's useful to the Soviet Union. So I would prefer she not be incarcerated. But she is, and there's nothing we could do about it except negotiate for her release. And that is where I differ from the Biden administration. And as more people are assessing this trade of an arms dealer, Victor Boot, for Brittany Griner, more people are becoming uh, open with what is obvious, that we did not make a good deal. You can make a deal, 
Do you want to make a good deal? You want to make a great deal if you can. Was this a good deal? No. Was it a bad deal? Yes. Why? Because we still have people in prison in Russia, apparently unjustly. Paul Whelan, Mark Vogel, perhaps others. And now what do we have to bargain for their release? Well, we have less than we had before because we don't have the guy that they most wanted to get out in Victor Boot. And the Biden administration has said, well, the deal wasn't either Paul Whelan or Brittany Griner for Victor Boot. The deal wasn't both for Victor Boot. The deal was Brittany Griner or no one. In that scenario, my response is, okay, then no one. Because they're not going to cease wanting Victor Boot out of prison. Nor are we going to cease wanting Brittany Griner. So you don't take the deal when it's a bad deal. Now, of all people, of all people, to put forward a view that I agree with, one of the last ones I expected to be in agreement with is Adam Kitzinger, the quote-unquote Republican congressperson who was on the January 6th committee. Adam Kitzinger, no friend of Republican policies. Adam Kitzinger, not really a Republican, but Adam Kitzinger on Meet the Press talking about his problems with the trade. The reason I'm critical of what this deal is is, again, we love that Britney's home, okay? So let's put that aside. But why is it that Mark Fogel wasn't included? And also when, you know, people say, look, it was the best deal we could get. It was the only thing the Russians were going to offer. If you make it clear that you're willing to take a deal no matter what, you're going to get a bad deal. And I think you have to negotiate from a position of strength. So again, we can be glad she's home, and we are, but also recognize that we are changing our no-negotiation policy, and that could have real uh, ramifications in the future. As a country, we've kind of found ourselves in a point where we're saying in public we're willing to trade anybody to save even just one American. What does that mean for the future? And I do worry about the implications that could have for future hostage-taking. If uh, you know any country decides that we have somebody in our possession that they want back, they could just obviously arrest anybody and think that we would negotiate them away. Yeah, that's exactly the issue. Now, of course, the administration is pushing back on this, and their chief bubblehead, John Kirby, uh, says, ah, Victor Boot eventually was going to go free anyway. <laughs> what a stupid argument. He had nine more years to serve. Uh, even Martha Raddatz of ABC was not listening to that. He would have gone free anyway in 2029. He wasn't serving a life sentence. In 2029? It's six years away. Uh, and nobody's doing backflips over there about the fact that Mr. Boot is a free man six years earlier than he would have been. Uh, but we're going to protect our national security. And uh, if Mr. Boot decides to go back to his previous line of work, then we're going to do what we need to do uh, to hold him accountable and to protect our interests. Your critics Ooh. just say you just weren't tough enough. You have to stand up to these people to, to get uh, detainees released. Then they, I understand the criticism, uh, they weren't in the room. They weren't on the phone. They weren't watching the incredible effort and determination. Right now, there's not much in the mainstream media about the Twitter files being disclosed by Elon Musk and about things that are top of mind for you, me, and have been for the better part of a couple of years. We'd like to know. Was Anthony Fauci profiting from the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines? 
did Anthony Fauci and his um, fellow government officials at the CDC, the NIH, and other entities, did they tell us the truth, the best as they knew it in the beginnings of COVID? Or did they prioritize their own personal profit over truth? Right now, the mainstream media is ignoring those things, but Elon Musk spent $44 billion to buy Twitter, and he does have a powerful tool because while only 11% of the population uses Twitter, a disproportionate number of people on Twitter are media people. And I think the things that the Twitter files are disclosing about censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story, about the FBI's involvement and cozy relationship with Twitter top executives, about just how, okay, I'll be nice, progressive. Okay, I'll be truthful, evil. The top brass at Twitter was before Musk got a hold of it. I mean, here's one of the guys who was in charge of censoring content at Twitter. His name is Yoel Roth. Yeah, I know. I never heard of anybody named Yoel either. But Yoel Roth was the top guy when it came to content moderation at Twitter. I don't know why this never trended before. This seems like something a conservative should have been interested in. But here's a tweet from Yoel Roth in August of 2009. Well, I guess that explains it. Because when you got to go back 13 years into the Wayback Machine to find things a guy tweeted, it takes a little time. But here's what he tweeted in 2009. This reflective of his mindset at all? He says, men are turning to a life of carefree homosexuality to avoid the expense of wives and children. Okay, does that tell you anything about his mindset? It tells me a lot about his mindset. It tells me a lot about what he prioritizes and why he silences the people that he silenced. Here's another tweet from him in 2010, November 2010. Can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? This is the guy in charge of content moderation at Twitter. And you're wondering, hmm, gee, now it makes sense why all this crazy woke nonsense in our schools is proliferating because the mindset of the guy at Twitter was that teachers should be able to have consensual, intimate relations with their students. And what are we going to find out the more Elon Musk tweets? And Elon Musk is dropping all kinds of hints. One of the hints that he posted over the weekend was it's about to get spicy We don't know what he has, and we don't know. He just enlisted the help of another independent reporter, Michael Schellenberger, who's a guy who used to be a humongous climate freak, except then Michael Schellenberger dug into the data, hoping that it would support his views on climate change, and you know what he found out? He found out it was all a hoax, and so he started writing about, imagine that. Down-the-middle reporting on actual facts demonstrated by the data that he was announcing, or that he was analyzing. He wasn't committed to a narrative. He was committed to where his research led him. I think that's what Elon Musk is committed to. That's what I'm committed to. I don't have a single solitary problem if Elon Musk finds something in the Twitter files that reflects poorly on, name them, 
Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis. Wouldn't you rather know now than not know? I would. I'm not afraid of anything he might disclose. The Democrats are terrified, terrified of what he might disclose. And the question is, do people like Yoel Roth and Vijaya Gade and Jack Dorsey, the head of Twitter, do they have anything to be afraid of? Remember, Jack Dorsey said this in front of Congress just four years ago. Are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans. It's bad. Is that true? No. I don't know where Jack Dorsey goes on that. Lying to Congress is a crime. Could he say, well, I disagreed with the idea that lying to, lying to uh, that censoring Democrats or censoring Republicans was bad. As the congressman said, censoring Republicans, that's bad. Are you doing that? No. Dorsey could say, well, I was answering the first part. But the first part of the thing, are you censoring people? No. How could he get out of that? That's a good question. Jonathan Dor- uh, Jonathan Turley, rather, the Fox News legal analyst. He's a legal professor at one of uh, Washington, D.C.'s top colleges, appeared on Fox to talk about whether or not Jack Dorsey faces legal repercussions for lying blatantly before Congress. He would have to be delusional not to see the potential criminal liability here. It doesn't mean he will be charged. I expect that this would be a hard sale for Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's been accused of being less aggressive uh, when it comes to allies of the administration. Think so? I hope that wouldn't be the case. But this is something he clearly needs to lawyer up uh, to address. I mean, on its face, that appears to be a false statement given to Congress. And these these documents and files that have been released have really erased the room uh, for many of these censor apologists. For years, uh, you have media and political figures saying there was no censorship. There was no uh, none of, of these throttlings or efforts to suppress views. All of that is now shattered by the release of these files. And what Musk has done is it's forcing people to take sides on free speech. Now, these groups can now support blacklisting and throttling and other suppressive techniques, or they can support free speech. I mean, that seems like a pretty obvious choice, right? You you support free speech if you're an American. But there are a lot of people who do not. Now, one of the revelations from the Twitter files that I think is not as big a deal as others is this report that Michelle Obama lobbied to have Donald Trump banned on Twitter. And she did, but she did it on Twitter. Like that's not a revelation. If it's on her Twitter timeline and it is, she can advocate for any crazy crap she wants to, because see, as a free speech advocate, I don't want to take her speech away. I just don't want mine taken away. That's the difference between a Republican and a Democrat. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.